0: I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Tony. up. You're listening to the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280, the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Every day on the Big Show.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a little What's Going On, where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network, the big opinions, the big news, sometimes some fun stuff as well. You ready to get rolling there, Gordo? Let's roll. All right, Aaron Falk, uh, who we talked to last week, and we'll talk to actually throughout this process. He uh, writes for UtahJazz.com. In fact, he's doing a bunch of stuff for UtahJazz.com. He is in the bubble. He was on with DJ and PK this morning, and he described life down there right now. We
2: understand there's uh, very little media there, and I think some of the media there is quarantining. You don't, I assume you don't really hang out with the players and the staff. Who do you hang out with, or are you the rare person in the bubble and you're kind of on your own? Um, no, there, there's a, a decent, you know, I mean, a decent camaraderie within um, the the staff that I'm that I'm here with. Um, you know, everybody. Everybody seems to get along pretty well, and, and you know, you're you're going from practice back to the hotel. There are some meetings, testing, meals. Um, you know, everybody, yeah, hangs out. I, we were playing um, Uno last night by by this lake, and uh, with, with you know, staff and players, and everybody kind of just ha- having a, a, a decent time, um, cutting loose because the day is a. a uh, an off day and so yeah there's there's you know plenty like you said there are uh, media under quarantine different b writers who are inside this uh they call it tier one of the bubble who will be you know on the same hotel grounds and they're they're going through a week-long quarantine right now um and then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, every, everybody's still hanging out. So it's it's kind of business as usual on the road when you when you're traveling with the same people over and over and over again all, all year long. You kind of, uh, you know, you form your your friendships and your cliques and and uh, that sort of a thing. So, it's sort of business as usual in that regard.
3: Uh, you know, Uno is a highly sophisticated game. I was never able to grasp the concepts of how to win that. How were you able to do that?
2: You know, uh, cunning and uh, cheating, <laughs> yeah. Um, the good know, lot, stuff. There was
3: some, some, some
2: dispute over, over the rules, whether it was a, a match-and-play, match-and-go situation, you know, how many how many of these threes can I discard at once. But, uh, you know, you figure it out.
3: <laughs> One of the things that, uh, you know, we have Joe Ingles on every week, and a few weeks back I brought up the idea of, hey, no one is really counting on you guys to do much of anything in during these games, and then in the postseason when we get to that point. And who's count? Who's saying that? You know, he jumped me pretty quick, and I thought, wow, that's pretty good because I want guys to play with chips on their shoulders. And this idea of uh, that Bogdanovich isn't there was a list of the teams that they were ranking. The teams factoring in the injuries or players who are opting out, and of the 22 teams, they had the Jazz. Twenty second. I thought you'd be kidding me. That this just seems ridiculous. So we brought that to his attention. My thought for you: Have you been able to notice any ter- any form of uh, uh, motivation, chip on shoulder, that type of thing? Knowing that these guys aren't expected to be there that long because they're losing a guy who puts in twenty points a game. Uh,
2: the the thing that I've noticed. Um in in you know was, it would be encouraged by from from a fan standpoint is you know like like you said this is this is a, a kind of a weird setup and I'm sure there was there was hesitation on, on part of many people to, to initially you know kind of wrap their heads around coming here and during during such a strange time leaving family um, kind of up uprooting their their lives and, and coming here and and the sense I get is like well we did it we're here now let's make some noise. Like, if we're going to do this, let's do this. Let's not let's not be uh, someone that's just here to, to check the box and collect a paycheck. Like, if we're, if we're here, we're going to play. And I, I think, you know, of course, losing Boyan hurts. Um, there's, we're still waiting for kind of, you know, seems like Mike Conley's name keeps getting brought up as someone who's going to have the ball in his hand more, going to have more opportunities, someone who's been – um, working out and had good facilities at, at his home throughout this uh, quarantine and isolation. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I get a good sense of, of optimism and um, and desire from the players on this team. And then the other thing is, I mean, this is this is absolutely and truly unprecedented and i don't think it's just a matter of you know looking at the trends and and seeing you know where where guys were and where teams were in march like this is this is wild and i and if you have a really solid idea of what's going to happen then you are much much smarter than than i am um i i think right now it is really wide open because there's a you know do people want to get out of here Will people be rusty? Will people? Will there be injuries? Like there, there are so many things that are going to happen, or could happen. I should say that you know I I, I really feel like it's wide wide open.
1: Let's start with that last part, Gordon. You do you feel like this is wide wide open? This uh, scenario in the NBA right now? I don't
4: know. I, I I don't think it's wide open. I I think various teams will respond differently to this. But is that enough to absolutely swamp the the heavy talent on the best teams from the first part of the season. I, I I guess I think I it's more likely to happen now than it would have had it just powered through. But don't know if there's going to be a huge shake up. Maybe a team like Toronto could do something. Maybe uh I don't know, maybe the, there could be a surprise, I suppose, or uh but but I don't expect complete anarchy
1: i i certainly don't in fact i i almost suspect the other way where i think talent is ultimately going to win out uh win out all all the other variables in in a normal season have have been taken away right you know most simple example is of course home court advantage but you know rest whether a team is peaking at the right time and all those things that we end up talking about toward the latter part of the regular season. Those don't really exist. This is as in a vacuum as this sport could possibly be. And and in those circumstances, I feel like the the most talented teams are going to win. And in looking at it through that lens, I think this is a a three-horse race between Milwaukee, the Clippers, and the Lakers. Unfortunately, I I really wish um this it was more up in the air this year and i was really hoping it'd be more up in the air this year with with the warriors being out of the way but the way i look at it it's it's those three teams ball game uh, toronto is a great story you bring up the raptors they are a great story but they i don't they're not more talented than the bucks
4: and it's so weird to talk about the defending champs in that light
1: <laughs> well they lost their but, best player i mean it's yes. amazing that they're as good as they are it really is that's yeah. why it's a it's a really great story but you know, they were they were just barely better than the Bucks last year. And this year and, and maybe I'm not giving Pascal Siakam enough credit cuz I love him as a player. He is great and he has been terrific this year, but I just don't know if I see the the Raptors getting past uh getting past the Bucks. I don't believe in Philadelphia. I don't believe in Boston.
4: How's Kimball Walker's knee doing?
1: Uh, you know, I I haven't seen an update, but I would guess yeah. this this probably this layoff has benefited that situation, right?
4: I I thought I read somewhere where he, uh, there was some question about it, but I don't know. Uh yeah. So so it adds an element, it adds another element into the mix. But whether that's enough to absolutely turn that apple card completely over, I I I kind of
1: doubt it. i what well, with well, you on that. That's the East in my mind. In the West, the Lakers and the Clippers, I think, are the two more most talented teams. But are, are we insulting somebody by basically discounting the rest?
4: Denver would be offended by us just dismissing them as though they were nothing.
1: But I don't think Denver has near the talent that the Clippers do. And and I don't mean that that sounds like, I guess, a, an insult to, to Jokic. But, I mean, that is what it is, right? I mean the only other one I I could see people really making an argument for is is Houston because they're doing yeah. this grand small ball experiment but mm. I I expect that effectiveness to be temporary at best. I don't I don't think you can build an NBA title team that way. I don't think a team built that way is is built to win in the playoffs. It's almost like a, an option football team where like a team game planning like that, you're, you're taking teams by surprise when you play them once in a while. But you get into a seven game series where you can game plan for that sort of thing. I think that's I don't I don't think that's going to work. But well, I, I listen to that argument, though.
4: Well, we talk about this whole thing like everything has been everything is different now and everything's crazy. It, this stoppage of play has been almost like an offseason. Oh yeah, very okay. much. Yeah, but but in off seasons when teams come back, they generally, everywhere there are some exceptions because there are some transactions that happen and whatnot. But on the whole, if you were good last season, there's a good chance you you have a you're going to be pretty good this time around, as well. So I I understand that some players were in situations where they couldn't play every day the way a lot of NBA players do. Uh, over the offseason. but uh, I mean, if t- talent wins out, man, as long as the attitude is there, talent's tough
1: to beat. So, with that in mind, I think I'm leaning toward the Clippers, and and that's not groundbreaking for me because I I picked the Clippers before the year began. But they have their their top two. I would put up against any other top two in the league, including Anthony Davis and LeBron. But then you look at their their role players, much better than say the Lakers. The the Bucks' role players are pretty good too, so maybe there's a little bit of an argument to be made there. But I I think top really to bottom the Clippers have the most talent.
4: You think Anthony Davis and Kawhi are the equal talent wise of LeBron and uh, I'm sorry Kawhi and Paul George?
1: Yes, although you could certainly make an argument. I'd listen to it, but I um I think Kawhi might be the best player in the league right now. I thought he was last year. You think he's better than the honest? Yes, Um, he can do well. I mean, that that makes it sound (laughs) that makes it sound like I'm so definitive on it. I would. Giannis is amazing, and I I would listen to arguments that he's the best player in the league, but until he adds that outside game, I think Kawhi is a more complete player.
4: Okay, so you give the advantage uh, is okay. So if you say Kawhi is one, is uh, who is Paul George four? And then LeBron and Anthony Davis are two, two and three, three,
1: probably in my mind.: although somebody so out it. there is yelling, you know Tony Jones is out there yelling at his, his car stereo because how dare I put somebody ahead of LeBron, but that's that's just me editorializing and and I, I will say this: Paul George's uh, versatility makes him I don't know if he's better than Anthony Davis, but he might be more useful. You guys left out Joe Ingles, just pointing oh, that out. Well, well, we're only talking about the Clippers and Lakers.
4: Ah, oh, I thought you meant the whole league.
1: No, Joe Joe, Joe Joe's one, right? Yeah, Joe would be one. That's that's probably just Joe ask him.
4: Joe will won. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah, of course.
1: But I mean you look at the other players with the Clippers, and that I think might be the difference. Uh if they match up against the Lakers. You know, I like Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, you know, is what he is. You and I both like Patrick Beverly and the way he approaches the game. You know, it's a good team. Mm-hmm. It's
4: yeah. a good team. Well, it'll, uh, see, I think this is this will be interesting once the basketball starts. Right now we're focusing on so many of the other aspects of this. Please let the games begin, you know, because that's when it's going to really be worth it.
1: All right, let's move on here in what's going on to Hanson Scotty. Here's those two talking about uh, Tom Homo and the Cougs.
5: To me, it was probably their best, most balanced, but most difficult schedule that they would play. Yep. But I do believe that BYU had one of their better teams that was approaching the schedule. So I'm I'm sure, I, and I don't know what you've worked for in your life that's been completely destroyed. I know that there's been a couple of things in my life where you work really hard towards it or for it. And then you come home and it's broken or, you know, th- something happened. Your wife sold it or, you know, some issue with it. Tom Homo, this was his baby. Your wife sold it. <laughs> you remember when she sold the my Durango right out yeah, from under me? Yeah. That was great. It's gone. <laughs> hey, I sold the Durango. Um, that was that, that was 12 years ago, yeah, so that was a long time ago. We've healed. But, you know, we've had things fall apart that we love. Here's the problem. Tom Homo doesn't have time to cry into his Cheerios. No, no. You know, he doesn't have time to be um, hit with a, a fiberglass broom handle. Like he just, you know, like it's he doesn't have time for that.
6: I didn't even know those existed.
5: They oh, uh, most broom handles are fiberglass. Now. Oh, really?
6: Yes. Just kind of just smacked over the head with that thing, huh? That's how it feel. Well, that's a pretty common common thing to say. Yeah, it's a common phrase. Yeah,
5: um, but he doesn't have time to sit there and complain about it no he doesn't have time to sit there and say hey what happened he's got to get to work
6: yeah yeah i mean you've got to do essentially years and years of work in the span of maybe two weeks uh if you want to play some semblance of fall football for byu and it's just i mean it's 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 a really difficult spot that they're in uh and and a lot of – I mean, I was looking at your mentions. You tweeted out something that, you know, you got to feel, feel for Tom Homo after putting this together and it all gets blown up. And I'm looking at the mentions on your tweet last night, and it was like, well, this is what you get for not being in a conference. Nobody ever anticipates a <laughs> virus. We haven't had anything like this since 1918, and even then they still played baseball, you know, like, like – you, you, and, and college expect, football. Nobody like, you, expected you, this. You don't – you can't be like, hey, hey. You know, like, the Mountain West wants us to stay, but we could go independent. Let's do our little pros and cons and write, you know, everybody write your pros, everybody write your cons. And, you know, everybody's like, well, more TV money, uh, flexibility with the schedule, be able to play who we want, when we want, where we want, you know, all these pros. And then somebody write in the cons. What if there is a pandemic and we're and all these conferences play conference-only games? Wow, Todd, that's a really good point. <laughs> I hadn't really thought of that. I'm glad you brought that. Nobody thinks of this.
5: You know, that is the straw that's
6: breaking the camel's back, Todd. We're going to stay conference. Get Craig on the line. We're staying in the Mountain West.
5: No, that's a really good point, Scotty. You just wouldn't. I love you would that you named that guy this. Todd. <laughs> you just would not play, plan for that. Um, okay, so let me give you another thought of an issue that Tom's dealing with right now. Yeah. And this is just a guess. Um. So last week, you know, you find out that the Big Ten is canceling games. And so you've got a couple of games that are instantly off your schedule. So you start to call around and you're like, hey, we got to fill these games. Are you available? Uh, potentially. Yes. OK, so can we start to work something out here? Yeah, let's let's just take a look. Let's play it by ear. And then getting a call two or three days later saying, Well, it looks like our conference is doing the conference-only thing as well. And then having an athletic director tell you essentially, no, we can't do that either. And then saying, all right, well, I'll reach out to this other athletic director. And then you reach out to them, and and he kind of gives you the nod of, yeah, well, we might be able to work a deal. And then calls you back two days later and says, it looks like our conference is kind of trending towards those others, so we're going to have to wait. Yeah. You would get a lot of agreements, maybe even some handshakes or approvals, and two days later it would be carpet ripped right out from yeah, under you again. Sorry, I can't do it. So then you go back to square one. And I feel like, and yeah, I do feel like Tom almost at square one right now. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, that's just, that's unacceptable. That's totally unacceptable. You, he can't. Tom Homo has to be more in front of this. And he, Wait a second. H- how? Yeah. You, y- you, you get in front of it for five minutes and it changes on you. Yeah. All
1: right, there you go. That's Hans and Scotty talking about the situation that BYU is in. Uh, there's kind of a comparable situation in a new story. I'll get to that here in one second, Gordon. But your reaction to what the guys were talking about there.
4: Well, my first thing is, did Hans' wife sell his favorite car out from under him? Yes. Apparently.
0: She hated it. He loved it. He went, I think the story goes, he went fishing or something, and when he came home, she had sold it.
4: How, how I that, that was 12 years ago, he said, they've gotten over it, but wow. My second thought was. Uh, Tom Homo doesn't have time to get hit in the head with a with a with a fiberglass broomstick.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that was a saying.
4: Uh, <laughs> I'm impressed that Hans knew what the uh, what the uh, handle was made of, and then uh, the other stuff. Obviously, BYU can't get anything done right now because they they really don't know what's going to happen. I bet they have to assume that the P5 conferences are going conference only. What else what the, what else can they do? Uh I don't except for the Mountain West for all the reasons that you've been talking about for the past few days Jake. It's in the Mountain West best uh interest to uh not to do that. Yep. Yeah, and so that makes some sense. And then you have on top of this uh all of it coming together, trying to put something together at the last second, and then having the uh, the, the the probability, I would think, that it's all for naught because the whole thing's going to go away.
1: Well, let me let me add this, Gordon, because there's a relevant story that just came out. Maybe we can we can get into this a little bit more when we have some time later on in the show. We've got Jonathan Reinhardt coming up next at uh, four thirty. Uh, but Portland State athletic director Valerie Cleary has made some comments because Portland State has lost two non-conference games uh, with the Pac-12 canceling against Oregon State and Arizona, and uh, she is saying, among other things, Gordon, that uh, they're not just going to to let this go. They were mm-hmm. um, uh, they were going to get a total of nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars from playing uh, those two games, or somewhere in that neighborhood. And uh, she said, uh, "Here's just one of the quotes from the piece in the Oregon uh, Oregonian quote. It's not like, hey, because of COVID, we wound up canceling all, all of our games. It's that we as the it's that we are as the Pac-12 are canceling just these games. It doesn't leave it open to interpretation. There isn't a lot of case precedent yet."
4: So I'm so proud I'm so proud of us because we've brought this up from the beginning. Yes. We have no legal training and yep. yet this seemed like it was very obvious. And yet the the conference presidents, did they not take this into consideration? Some of them, I assume, are lawyers or they're well versed in the law.
1: I don't know. Maybe they think they can make an argument in court, or may, you know, honestly, it'll never get to court, and they'll just pay out part of this, probably. But listen to this quote, uh, Gordon. I, I thought this was telling, and I apologize. It's a little long, but it's good. Quote, mm-hmm. these are our colleagues talking about how it's not a contentious relationship with with Oregon State or Arizona. Quote, these are our colleagues. Right now, everyone is going to do everything they can to preserve college athletics at their institutions in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's protect budget, salary, personnel, scholarships, all of that, you definitely want to." play nice, but we also have to understand that this is nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars out of our budget. We already we've already taken hits elsewhere and we'll continue to just from a survival standpoint, this is super important to us, unquote.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's coming.
1: So she it's says coming. she's saying, oh man, I have sympathy for Arizona State or Arizona and Oregon State, but uh I got my own problems. And I need that 950 GER. <laughs> exactly. So let's, let's figure this out.
4: I think we're going to see a whole lot of this, Jake. I, I do really too. do. I think and it's going to be a problem. What, I don't. It, it just We're not judges. We're not versed in the law. But I think uh, these conferences are on shaky ground. Yep. Bec- uh, unless they lose the whole season. and then. Uh, but the fact that they announce it beforehand and if they lose the whole season, then it would have been a lot better just to say, or not playing football instead of alienating people and then having to flip flop around. It it's uh it's strange to me.
1: All right, Gordon, we'll get to Jonathan Reinhardt coming up next, but right now it's time for another back to basketball up uh, Oh, scratch that. Just Jonathan Reinhardt next.
5: Everybody just everybody just bam, bam. Check it out. Everybody just, everybody just, bam. I'm
0: kind of shaking your own. Cause my love ain't the same And you keep on playing games Like you know I'm here to stay. I'm sh- shake Just like the cows on commercial life Really going to get everybody here And go somewhere. i gotta, gotta make that
5: move
0: yeah. For somebody who... Nick Cho, Gordon
1: Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Not Sports 4 coming up at 4.50. David Locke at 5. But right now, Let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, the president of the Salt Lake City Stars, our good friend, Jonathan Reinhardt. What's going on, Jonathan? How are we doing, guys? We are doing terrific. Uh, you still riding high. You guys had the uh, G League Coach of the Year, the Player of the Year. That's got to feel pretty good.
7: Executive of the Year?
1: Um Let's yeah, forget. Yeah,
7: <laughs> yeah. No, we had a a great season, thirty and twelve. You know, it's the best season in Stars history. Uh, it's unfortunate, obviously, we didn't get our shot at the playoffs just with the uh, with the COVID situation. But uh, but it's nice the league recognized it. Uh, we got a ten thousand dollar uh, donation for charity, and uh, yeah, uh, really really proud of of the organization and the season we had.
4: So, Jonathan, now Martin Schiller off to Lithuania to coach a uh, prominent club over there. What does that mean for the Stars?
7: Uh, Honestly, it's the way things should work. I'm really, really happy and excited for Martin. He's a great guy. He did a great job with us. Uh, He and I started about the same time, so we were here the last three years together, and Really, uh, Martin and Bart Taylor, our GM, and myself, I, I think really worked closely hand-in-hand these last couple years to to try and build the program and the culture and, and build things to where we are. And Martin's done a, a great job. He has a, a fantastic opportunity, but that, that's what the G League is about. It's, it's not really a destination as much as it is a, uh, a proving ground and a developmental league to... Uh, and it's not just for the players. it's That's true of the coaches. And you know we have assistant coaches and uh, members of the training staff that are on the jazz now, and uh, some on the business side as well. so it's it's doing exactly what it should, but Martin deserves a, a huge amount of credit for building those bridges with the jazz and the connectivity uh, across with with quinn and uh, and that side. And uh, and also just seeing the, the players develop, you know, the George Niangs, the Royce O'Neals, Tony Bradleys, who are now uh, contributing on the Jazz side.
1: Talk a little bit about, more about that, working kind of hand-in-hand with the Jazz, Jonathan, and in your interaction with the Jazz, Quint Snyder, the front office, that sort of thing, about what they expect from their G League affiliate.
3: Sure.
7: Um, obviously, you know, I, I came from that side, so my connections are – Um, you know, are pretty strong uh, more so than maybe some of the other business leaders around the G league. But uh, you know, I I knew Bart Taylor beforehand and he and I had a really good working relationship. He, uh, he was named executive of the year in the G league, and he's done a great job of building the roster and kind of helping put the program in place. But, you know, Martin and his staff were in training camp with the jazz. They were summer league with the jazz uh, draft workouts and, Really, I I feel like in the last couple of years we've really built that connection and um, and to the point where you've seen I think there were six Jazz players that spent time with the Stars this season. So, you know, it's clear that that trust is there. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're getting it to the point where where we'd ideally like to have it from that standpoint, from a basketball standpoint of, you know, it that, that's why the proximity is so important. You know, we can have uh, Tony Bradley, uh, for instance, could – you know, practice with the Jazz that day and then play for the Stars that night to get minutes and to get experience and growth opportunities rather than sitting at the end of the bench and just, you know, hoping it's a blowout to get some minutes. So to get some real minutes and, and as part of that, you know, our coaching staff can get, we'll get some direction on this is what we want to see. We want to see him working on, you know, the low block, uh, you know, spinning left, whatever. We can run plays that put him in a position to grow and learn, uh, to that point where he can help develop uh, for the Jazz. And it also gives us the opportunity to take a look at guys and see if they're a fit in our system. And you'll see a guy like Jawan Morgan, who started the season on a G League contract with the, the Jazz, or with the Stars, uh, as a guy they really like. But they see him excel and him grow, and, uh, and and he got called up to the Jazz and is now a member of the Jazz.
4: So you just described... Everything that the G League is about right there, Jonathan. Uh, One thing, though, if it is developmental for everybody, just remember the little people when you become commissioner of the NBA, all right? (laughs) <laughs>
7: we'll do, Gordon. You'll, you'll get the exclusive
4: on that. <laughs> Watch Jonathan. Jonathan's going to be one of these people who's going to end up ruling the world, and you and I, Jake, are going to be wishing if we'd known he was going to be that successful, we would have been a lot
1: nicer to him back in that day. Hey, I saw it coming I've always been nice to Jonathan. <laughs> I,
7: I was on the other side of that with, you know, uh, heading up PR. I, you know, had had several discussions with Gordon over the years, both positive and negative. Uh, <laughs> so I believe that that now to be on the other side yeah it's a little different (laughs) well well
1: speaking of of that Jonathan uh, spending as much time uh with the jazz in the communications department and and working with players as you did you did that for a long long time uh I want to get your your take about the Orlando bubble uh how it was designed how it's going so far I mean it, it seems like you'd have some insight into the psyche of the NBA player yeah,
7: I, I mean, I only know really, you know, for the most part, the media reports that are out there in the coverage. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I do talk to some people uh, internally as well. And it's, it seems to me the NBA has gone above and beyond and done everything possible uh, to make this thing work. You know, obviously there's no guarantees. Unfortunately, you know, our numbers here in Utah are, are spiking, and as they are in Florida as well. But uh, it seems that every possible precaution – uh has been taken and you just hope it it works out but as far as the psyche you know i i I, it looks like the guys are having fun down there to me from uh it's one of those things it's a long time together it's almost like those 10-day road trips you'd go on obviously on a much bigger uh standpoint but you know it's funny you go on those long road trips and everybody'd be kind of excited and you know, it, it was always nice because they were great bonding experiences, but definitely by those last couple games, the last couple days, everybody was a little bit over it and ready to to come home. So hopefully the, the Jazz go down there and have a lot of success. Um, and, you know, if nothing else, the guys that are down there together will have a common bond really for the rest of their lives because it's what what a unique circumstance and situation. And uh, those that, that go through it will all come out, whether it's staff, players, uh, you know, the support staff, everybody I think will come out with a, a common bond and and hopefully, uh, you know, some renewed friendships and um, solidify, you know, and uh, enhance relationships forever.
4: With any luck, they won't establish those relationships with players on other teams, Jonathan. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, you know. Uh,
7: That's, I'll, I'll leave that out there. <laughs>
4: Jonathan, I'm curious to know now that you've actually run a team uh, from your background. What do you know now that you didn't know before? It's more complicated than anybody thinks, isn't it?
7: Absolutely. I mean, it's you know, I'm and and to be clear, you know, Bart really deserves the credit for you know putting our roster together and all that. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's funny because whether you're you know in sponsorship or in ticket sales or I was in PR. Uh, you, know, you kind of become, I don't want to say specialized, but like all of your focus and energy is kind of on your your job or your world. Uh, so you become a little bit siloed from that standpoint. And really one of the biggest things, you know, for my end, I was, you know, obviously dealing with our ticket sales department, our sponsorship department, and, uh, you know, in a lot of meetings, but I was kind of the liaison to the team. And uh, what, what you learn is, you know, it's very broad. There's so many working parts and logistics to the operations. And obviously, I'm on the G League side. It's it's way more enhanced uh, on the NBA side. But but yeah, you you realize you know pretty quickly that that there are a lot of areas you don't know or you don't know that well. And you know you got to bring yourself up to speed. But you also have to trust people in their areas to to be experts in whatever their uh, their you know, department is
1: real quick before we let you go. uh, Jonathan want to bring up jazz gaming with you because you're also running that operation over there. And I know uh, you guys picked up your 10th win of the year yesterday. How's that experience been? And you guys are having a bunch of success this year.
7: Yeah, we are. It's uh, maybe taking some of that G league magic over some of the stars magic to that side. No, honestly, it's been a great experience. Uh, It's not a world. I had a lot of background in, Um, you know, I'm not, as Jake can attest, I'm not really a, a, a big gamer, um, but uh, we have a great group of guys. It's really been a pleasure getting to know them and work with them. Uh, we're 10 and two, we've won nine of our last 10 games. We were in second place in the league and appear to be very uh, competitive and hopefully you know hopefully it can challenge uh, once we get to the playoffs. We've got a game tomorrow night against the Grizzlies and then there's a tournament next week uh but no it's been a a great learning experience a great um overall experience in an area you know kind of like the the discussion earlier area i didn't have a ton of experience in but it's been a, a great pleasure to be a part of
1: well uh congratulations on it all jonathan and uh keep up the good work and thank you as always for dropping by the show man always a lot of fun
7: absolutely thanks guys appreciate the support and uh and times much, must be rough if you're reaching out to have me on. So uh, I
1: appreciate the time. <laughs> well, we appreciate what you're doing, Jonathan. Thank you.
7: Thanks, guys.
1: That's our good friend Jonathan Reinhardt, president of the Salt Lake City Stars. He also, as we were talking about, uh, I don't know if he's officially president of Jazz Gaming, if that's his title, but uh, that's, that's falling under his leadership as well. And both uh, programs at the moment, very successful. But it, it's been fun. Uh, Gordon uh, knowing Jonathan like we do watching him go through this experience and I thought that was a great question you asked about what he's learned because it's kind of you know he's kind of a buddy of ours and he's running a G League franchise it's it's cool I'm happy for him.
4: Yeah it's, uh, it's complicated and look the, the Stars have had a fantastic year I mean 2020 hasn't been the best for a lot of folks but 30 and 12 they won that tournament uh, around the holidays and uh, it it it's <laughs> they accomplished a lot, like Jonathan was talking about, and so why wouldn't we have the boss on? I mean that that makes perfect sense, and this is what the Jazz had in mind as he was speaking to that about when they brought the 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 club down to Salt Lake City, so they could have this coordinated effort to develop players, and it seems to be working out nicely.
1: All right, coming up next, we have the not sports Port, Then we have David Locke at the top of the five o'clock hour, and a can't miss. Drop the day at 5.30. It's all straight ahead here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
1: Back-to-basketball update brought to you by Zions Bank. Let's get a clip from Rudy Gobert. He talked to ESPN, and he was talking about how he's not fully on board with the snitch line.
0: Uh <laughs> I mean I think it's I don't know if someone's going to use it, but uh, I think it's a little petty. At the same time, you want to make sure that, you know, people respect the rules. But I don't think the line will really help at that point. It's more about respecting each other and uh, I'll do it as a small community. I think we, everyone is pretty much educated about the, the virus at this point, And uh, it's more about respect, so more about respect. And uh, at the same time, you know, you you want to make sure you you socialize and, and, and do all those things, but by still respecting each other's space and try to wear the mask inside, especially when it's crowded.
1: The Rockets arrived at the bubble in Orlando five days ago. James Harden arrived in the bubble yesterday. The Rockets have not disclosed the reason for his delayed arrival. Russell Westbrook, Houston's other all-star, of course, announced on Monday that he had tested positive for covid-19 and when he is cleared he will then join his team in the bubble there's another zions bank back to basketball update brought to you by zions bank for a bank that understands your business zions bank is for you
0: take the zone with you wherever you go let's go download the all new zone sports network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your not sports report. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
6: I don't want to
1: Scott, 97.5 and twelve eighty the zone. Gordon, uh, before we get to the Not Sports Report, we do have some breaking news. Various reports out there saying that Utah State quarterback, uh, uh, Columbia, what's his first name? I'm Sorry, Henry. Uh, Henry Columbia, brain fart there, has entered the transfer portal, Gordon. So we found out the Jason Shelley news when we get that on Monday or over the weekend. And now we found find out that uh, Columbia is going to enter the portal.
4: Wow. OK, then. well, we thought he was a gifted quarterback who might be able to help the Aggies. But uh, apparently he's decided to go a different way. So does that speak to the new uh, offensive coordinator?
1: Probably. That probably has has a lot to do with it. I mean, the fact that they brought in Shelley in the first place might have sent a message to him that, if he wanted uh, to play, maybe Utah State wasn't the spot under in this circumstance. I don't know. be interesting to see where he goes. Because I'm with you. I, th- I thought he was, a, uh, or is, I shouldn't say was, is a, a pretty capable quarterback.
4: Yeah, I agree with that completely.
1: All right, uh, let's get to the non-sports port brought to you by the uh, Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online dot lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today?
4: I got a couple things but before I um, l- let me uh run a couple other things by you that have that are related to sports but the the this isn't so much on the sport itself. Did you see that Major League Baseball is going to require teams to pipe in crowd noise?
1: Require teams to do it, huh? Yes.
4: They're mandating that teams do that and they're taking the sound from some video game.
1: Hmm. Well, I've heard uh, of that concept, right? Because they, they program the video games to respond to the action, right? You wonder if they could do that with live sports. I just, I don't know. feels it fake. Just
4: seems, it seems weird to me. And I was watching a video earlier today of a couple of different baseball players who in practice were practicing, uh, you know, uh, reacting to the crowd noise as though they were reacting to real fans. Hmm. The doff of the Cap and all that stuff. It's just so stupid. just stupid, in my opinion. Uh, the other thing is, did you see that Dame Dalla is staying in a 2,000-square-foot presidential suite in the Disney World?
1: No. How'd he pull that?
4: I don't know. But it's his 30th birthday, and C.J. Uh, McCollum sent out uh, some uh, some— tweets about uh decorating the inside of his presidential suite that's thousand square feet is that bigger than your house Austin? Two thousand square feet yeah it is almost
2: exactly the size of my house yeah
4: that's a big hotel room
1: <laughs>
2: uh
4: but what did i guess they, when how you make he... 40 when you make 49 million a year i you know i don't know how they of course he's are they? They're not paying for any of these accommodations, are they? Did they just give it to him because he's their best player.
1: That's why I said, why? Uh, what they? Yeah. Hold on, hold the phone though. Before we get past this, how did he? What did they decorate the room with? How was it decorated?
4: Uh, it looked like they had streamers or something.
1: Oh, okay.
4: 30, 30 years old. Hmm. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, have you ever stayed in any kind of accommodation like that?
1: Wait, repeat that. Sorry. I was uh, Austin was in my ear. Say that again.
4: Have you ever stayed in any accommodation like that?
1: A presidential suite? No.
4: Yeah. Anything resembling it?
1: Uh not really. We I... got a we got a suite at uh, the Golden Nugget uh, for a buddy's <laughs> bachelor party, but considering we sandwiched like eight people a room in there, it wasn't exactly luxurious. Uh
4: the closest I've come to that was I stayed at a resort in Mexico that uh, Tom Cruise supposedly stayed at and there was a suite that we w- we kind of lucked into it I don't know how we ended up in that that suite but it was it was, it was that suite was sweet but not because I paid for it because I paid I think about a fraction of what you were supposed to pay I just think nobody was there or something like that
0: So was Juice Newton's place not any good
4: Oh, that place was very nice. Was yeah, Juice with I, you in Mexico? She was
1: not. No. Well, I know you guys were a thing for a while.
4: We weren't ever we were never a thing.
0: She oh, taught me how to sorry, play Sorry, it wasn't
1: official, it was just casual. I don't I don't, know. I don't no, learn how to fact,
0: play pole with anyone I'm not married to.
4: I knew her husband, who was also a very good polo player. We
1: don't He's need to great, get into the weird uh, stuff you were the, the into right. back in the day. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You and Tom not Goodspeed. True. Yeah, we don't, no, don't. Tom know. was a terrific yeah. guy.
1: I'm sure he was. Stop it.
4: <laughs> okay. They're not Sports Report, you know, I'm getting a little tired of creatures attacking humans, even though we live in their environment. Did you see the story about the guy who was paddling through the swamp, and he got attacked by the alligator?
1: You mean paddling through where the alligator lives, as you just said? <laughs>
5: What yes. a
2: jerk, alligator!
5: Yes,
4: the alligator grabbed his uh, his kayak and, and tried to it twisted him upside down, or whatever. And he's grabbing onto an overhanging tree and whatnot. And I'm thinking, wow. And then and then I read this story about this woman who's a uh, a shark uh, uh, documentarian or whatever you call him. And she was out in the water, a 29-year-old woman. Uh, don't remember her name right now. But uh, attacked by a shark. And uh, as she was being carted, her name is uh, Annika Craney. And as she was being carted off to the hospital in, in a helicopter, I believe, uh, she, uh, she yelled, I still love sharks. Sharks are beautiful. Sharks are SOBs.
1: The only story I have that can relate was we took a a fan boat uh, tour when we went to New Orleans. So down there in in Louisiana of the the bayou and all that, Gordon, and we stopped in this one area where the guide was showing us uh, the alligators that were around the area and throwing out the marshmallows and stuff like that to to bring them in closer. And uh, my one buddy... uh, well, we don't need we don't need to use names here. My my one buddy as as my friend was crouched down on kind of the edge of the boat looking over at the alligator swarming. My other buddy took his foot and put it in the middle of the back of of the person peering and just gave it a little shove right into the swamp. Oh, really. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like nudge him to scare him. He actually no, kicked no, him in. No, no. He actually kicked him in at the, end of the water. That's attempted murder. Have you, he uh, scrambled out of that swamp pretty quick. Let me tell you. Didn't even get that. wet, did he? <laughs> he? Scrambled
4: out of there. PDQ. You ever touched an alligator?
1: I have. Uh, yeah, on that particular I trip, of... I held one. You know,
4: you uh, held one? Yeah. Okay. So my question then becomes: Let me give you three choices. You're the king of would you rather.
1: Well, we we got to make this quick though because we got to get All right. to David.
4: If, if you're in the uh, if you're in the water, would you rather be eaten to death by a shark? chomped to death by a gator or speared to death by a swordfish
1: or marlin or whatever uh probably the marlin because the death sounds immediate i'd take alligator before shark because the alligator would drown you because they do that death roll thing so you drown <laughs> before you were eaten. That'd Be kind of fun being eaten by alive by a shark would be the least desirable of the three because I'd they say. hit
4: you once and then they
1: come back and hit you again uh, yeah. Is that what they do? David Locke joins us next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.